Welcome to Culture Matters, a podcast exploring the intersection of faith and culture. Happy New Year, y'all. I hope that your year has gotten off to a really great start. Mine is because I'm in the studio with... To Marcus Ragland. Adam Hawkins. Two great people, which means we're going to have a great conversation. Yeah, we are. Yeah. And so for the month of January, we are going to tackle some topics that I think every one of us can relate to. Topics like doubt and burnout. And today's one is going to be anxiety. Now, we've talked a lot this past fall about how culture was significantly shaped by COVID-19. The ways community was disrupted and people went inward, our circles got smaller. Most of us moved to a work-from-home situation. Everything was disrupted. The way we worked, the way we went to school, the way we connected with friends and distant families, the way we watch movies, the way we go to church. And for some of us, church has become more of an experience and less of an investment. Plus, There's been changes in how we spend our time and our money. The list could go on and on. And so in light of that, here we are, beginning of 2024, four years ago. I want y'all to hear that. Four years ago, 2020, was marked by illness, divisiveness, political, and racial unrest. And all of that can lead us into a spiral of deep anxiety about who's in control. And so how can we remind ourselves of who is in control and approach this year with hope instead of fear? And so in light of that, in light of kind of setting up our conversation in that way, I want to start off with this question, because sometimes we can talk about these topics and make them about the folks outside of the podcast studio. But I want to start with our journeys Mm. here. Me, Tamarcus, Adam. When you think about anxiety, when you think about some of the things that have happened on a big scale, or maybe some of the things that are just the natural rhythms of your job and your life and family, what are some things that are prone to cause you anxiety? Mm. That's a good question. What's funny is if we rewound a few years and I you asked me that question, I might have been like, I don't, I'm not really sure. I feel like I'm pretty, you know, copacetic. <laughs> but as you, as you mentioned, just a lot has taken place during this time. And then even personally, a lot in my own life that has, uh, one, made this more of a reality in my life and also have shaped uh, a lot more of the way um, that I think about it. And so I've just gained an awareness of what some of those pitfalls are. And for me, it has been, I'll give kind of like my experiential, you know, endeavor with it. And then what I've understood to be true about that. And so a lot of it has been on a practical sense, it kind of creeps up because it feels monotonous. It's like you're just doing the normal thing of, you know, going to work, going home. Obviously life proposes its challenges and in a sense it feels like oh man it like this has just crept up on me out of nowhere and in reality what I've been able to see in retrospect is when I fail to operate within my human limitations in other words when I act as if I'm not finite as if I can be in more places than one and as, as if I possess more knowledge than I actually do I start to operate like a little god And my body is like, hold up, (laughs) you're a human and you're limited. And I, it's almost like it goes into a state of reminding, reminding me of like, Hey, I, this is too much. And so having, having to learn what it looks like to 
living God's world the way he's He's designed me to. And that that often is, yeah, it can be challenging at times depending on what the season of life presents. Yeah, I think my journey with anxiety is now pretty well documented on this show. <laughs> <laughs> but I think maybe to, to just, to, I don't have a whole lot to add to what Ty said. That was really, really good. I just, I guess I'd say, you know, the the thing that makes me really anxious is is when when the things I love most are threatened, you mm. know. And so that's not always good, by the way. So certainly, if I think about something with my kids, you know, that can make me really anxious. Their future, things that could inhibit their flourishing. Same with my wife. Same with things with Citizens Church, my friends, etc. But and and all those are like good, right? And just trying to remember who who really holds those things in his hands, God, not me. But then I think the other one is probably just my own comfort or sense of safety. I don't really know. I don't I don't know exactly how to. But it's like failure. You know, am I going to fail? Am I going to hurt people? Those are the kind of things that make me feel anxious on a personal level. You know, I think about my my life and journey on on one end it just is i become very overwhelmed by all the things by yeah. all the mm-hmm. expectations that people might have of me all the different directions in which i'm getting pulled and so there will be seasons when i have to like sit myself down and practice breathing <laughs> techniques because i'm just the anxiety in me is rising and rising and building because of all the things that are outside of my control but all the weights and responsibilities i feel i tend to f- to feel more responsibility for things than i ought because you know i'm a recovering people pleaser and so i can care a lot more about people's opinions of me than i should mm. and my actions can be motivated by that but it also is the future and things that i can't control and so i think about i am here in Texas, but a lot of my family doesn't live around me. And so I think about my parents who are getting older. I think about my nephews. And so in places of Auntie Liz or daughter Liz can't be there to protect, can't be there to show up and cover, then there's this anxiousness about what might happen with them that I can't be there to mitigate. And I need to really recognize, like you said to Marcus, that we're just limited, Mm. that in no way are we ever able to do the things and have as much control as we think or desire. And and our vulnerability reminds us that we were created to be dependent. Mm. And dependence on God isn't a bad thing. Like Adam and Eve were dependent on God in the garden before the fall. It's a part of our DNA and we work well. But when we do that and we don't work well, again, to Marcus, when you said like our bodies remind us, this ain't for you. <laughs> You're in the wrong space. Mm. And this is not going to end well if you keep mm. lingering over here. And you need to get back into the place of being limited and rely on the one who's limitless. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm kind of thinking out loud. So, you know, help me as I carve out this thought. But even as I just listen to all of us kind of speaking, there's like a there's a way you can kind of hear that and be like, you know, so is there like should we not be like concerned about, you know, things in life? Surely there's things that are concerning. And it's like, yeah, like there's a there's a way for us to to care and, you know, for those that we love and those around us. It's it's almost like it feels like the the tipping point is when that concern or where that concern gets carried, if I think that it terminates on me mm-hmm. and I'm trying to figure out how I can be play God in that situation, versus when that worry is carried to God. And I'm able to look to him and say, these things concern me, um, but I'm going to entrust them to you. That That's a different kind of thing. Thoughts on that? Yeah. I, I mean, I think it is because it's the natural reality of us being human. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, this aspect of when one does what 
I am just prone to do because I live in this world, go beyond the boundary. Mm -hmm. Uh, And again, it is that it doesn't, we're not the ones who are fully responsible that we serve a God who's sovereign. Uh, And I was, Mm. I was having a conversation uh, with someone uh, a while back and was talking about, man, how do we navigate uh, trying to push against grabbing for human omniscience? Mm. Uh, And what she said was, learn more about God. (laughs) Because the more you learn about God and the more you internalize his character into your life, then you're reminded of things like, oh, I'm not the one that's in control. Like I have responsibility, but it also is that tension. I would say these things that don't easily reckon that we can't let go of either one. Mm. And we like to let go of one side. And that's when we get into trouble. And is I'm responsible for handling what God has given me. And there's going to be a natural concern that comes with that. But in that space, I serve and am submitted to a sovereign God. Yeah. And he's the one that's fully in control. And so scripture talks so much about peace and rest. I think about Paul's words in Philippians. He talks about the peace of God will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And I think about literally it provides this protection for our mind not going into places it shouldn't. Mm. But we have to stand behind the things and boundaries that God has given us in order to experience that peace. Mm. For me, I and probably like a bit too automatic in my life. I don't know the right way of putting it, but I can kind of get into these rhythms and routines. And so to do what you guys just said requires a type of uncomfortable interruption Mm. to even be able to start to say, wait, am I trying to control something or not? And so some language we've used around here at Citizens Church is just the idea of, of living an unhurried life with Jesus. So like, what does that mean? It doesn't mean be lazy or just like show up late to things or something, obviously. But it means when just the way you even show up to work, do you start your day? What Maybe the first thing you do when you sit down at your desk, instead of like, I got to get on that phone call, I got to do the next thing, you're just already in your red line is to pause and just say, all the work I do today is in your hands, Lord. And then again, at lunchtime or whatever, set an alarm because you're going to be caught off guard again. You're going to be all in your stuff and everything mm-hmm. else, and this thing's gone bad or not the way you wanted. Interrupt it again and 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 steal yourself from that kind of you know anxious living and say yet again, God, everything you've given me so far today is a gift. And then move again. And then at the end of the day, you know, bookmark your day with another type of interruption. You know, how often are you taking stock and saying, how do I feel right now? Are you willing to be unproductive, you know, to to fail to show up to something that you think needs your attention and demands in order to just sit with the Lord? And that's the kind of thing I think that actually is that causes us to not live outside of the limits God placed us in. You know, it, it, for, at least for me, it's got to be, it's got to be a halting and jarring kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. I, to that point, I think something like a, a practical way to kind of gauge yeah. how, how well we're doing at that. Cause there, there are these, those are like quick, they don't have to take a lot of time moments for right. you to recalibrate in that way. And then I think, I think coupled with that, there might be, other practices or rhythms in your life that you instill, maybe that you're aware and not aware of. I wasn't completely aware of those in my life. Through counseling, one of the things that I was challenged towards was 
to think through seasons or, or, or times in my life when I do feel mm-hmm. that I'm in a I'm in a space where I'm taking stock and I'm moving. And it's like, what are what are rhythms or activities that you do that are like signs of 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 health in that way? And to be able to look back, maybe it's at the end of a week, maybe it's at the end of the month, and say like, you know, how how often was I neglecting that over these past months? So like for me, it's like. I'm I know that I'm moving at a click too fast like if I'm missing too many meals in a day or if I'm not in the gym and t- like there's a it's not so much those things in and of themselves but it's a indicator at least right. of like yeah. I'm I'm moving at a click where things that normally bring joy that slow me down that mm-hmm. give me the space to kind of think through those things a lot of times when I'm in the gym that's where I'm I'm considering and thinking it's like I've I've neglected that often because I've been in too much of a hurry or rustle to do that. So you know, it, it, and it's not. Are there going to be seasons where you got sure, you know, yeah, more yeah, going of one hundred percent? But it's like I found those to be helpful kind of, you know, dashboard lights that kind of let me know. Hey, check the engine. Let's make mm-hmm. sure we're, you know, we're we're good and helps helps remind me when I need to 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 come back. Yeah, as I think about this being the beginning of the year, you know we. The beginning of the year is always kind of this, it's this sweet little time where we have hope <laughs> that the, the year can be better than it was before. Mm-hmm. We're in this reflective mode. And one thing that has been helpful in, in my journey is kind of taking those moments of pause, like you talked about to Marcus, to reflect on, okay, when this was a, a, a stretch that wasn't that great, what was going on? Was was I trying to accomplish too many different things over my habits? What? How was I even treating people? Because I know I... Sweet, loving Elizabeth, my my patience like almost disappears <laughs> when I'm stressed out. So I when I feel that r- creep up, I'm like, oh, you're inching towards a zone where you need to you need to pull back and you need to recognize what are some of the things I need to reorder because something is out of place. Right. Uh, but that this year it was it, to start the year might be a really fun time for y'all who are listening to kind of take stock of 2023. And when it comes to what we're entering into this year, we know (laughs) that the things that have made years have passed a little difficult or divisive or or tense, we are probably approaching some of those same things to happen. Mm. And so how can we be proactive in reflection, which I think is, is, is embedded in the biblical story, this habit of remembrance, this habit of coming back to the things of God? Because we're so quick to forget. We're embedded in systems that are invested in us forgetting the things of God and forgetting what's true. And so kind of taking stock of our own journeys to pause, to reallocate and reorder, to make sure that we are aligned with the the rhythms and pace, I think, that God has set out for us yeah. to be going at. It's a good reminder, I think, for some listening they might who struggle with anxiety might think, okay, wait— we started off by being like, man, I'm, I get anxiety around my kids or I get anxiety around some issue specific thing. And now you're talking about like, what are the indicator lights for when I'm living outside my bounds? And it might feel like, wait a minute. So wait, you're not, you're not really addressing like, how do I turn my kids over to the Lord? You're saying like, you're saying like, slow down and reflect as if that's an antidote. And I think just pointing out that's true. That's right, actually. It may feel mm. counterintuitive, but anxiety is is paying 
a debt on something you'll never owe, meaning you're worried about a future scenario. That's kind of where, that's a part of anxiety, is this worried about a future scenario, and it's not ever really about that. I know that's hard Mm. to hear for somebody, but it's like, basically what you're saying is, if I, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but what you're saying is, is like, this sort of sense of hypersensitivity and worry and control, fear, panic about the few, all those things, anticipation, all that is is that those are all actually symptoms of mm-hmm. living in a disordered way. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, that's really good. And I think to your point, you know, what I've heard us say so far is like, okay, so what are some of the indicator lights that I'm living a disordered way? Well, I'm like missing a lot of meals and I'm doing things with a lot of urgency and I'm feeling emotionally thin. So I know I'm actually a pretty like fun and and generous person, but when all of a sudden this past week I've been short with people a lot or this mm-hmm. person, I, you know, all these kind of things you're talking, I'm missing, I'm not, at, I'm not doing things I enjoy. I'm not at the gym. I'm skipping out on all that. So those are the indicator lights. Let me offer something and then you guys help me out. Sure. I, I think as my journey is pretty intense, if there's a continuum of anxiety, I feel like I'm on the pretty intense end of it. So maybe what I'm about to say seems crazy, but the way I approach it truly is, and as we're in the new year, maybe this feels a little too resolutionist-ish, but I feel like to beat anxiety, I have to learn a whole new way of living, a true death to self. It's not just it the 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 indicator lights are there but it's like i am happy to live in the red line of life the go the go the go and then i'm surprised when the consequence of that is that i break down yeah. and it's like it's a big thing to learn to not sprint all the time. I know it sounds crazy for people who don't have anxiety, but it's that's kind of it. It's like learning to learn within your limits feels like death to people who have for a very long time only lived outside of their limits. Yep. Am I making sense? That makes 100% okay. sense. And I I think you, you've helped me a lot in that. And, you know, I, I took a lot of time. It's like prior to, you know, this becoming a part of my story, like I, I had very little like concept of like and part of it was because I had fooled myself in thinking like well I'm moving at this click and and nothing seems to go wrong mind you at this time it's like I'm not paying attention to the right dash signal I'm like hey you know check engine <laughs> I bet it I don't hear anything it bet it's fine but but it is a a sense of it 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 feels as though it meets you out of nowhere and then in yes. those moments you're like it seems like I've been doing what I've always done. Right. Why is it a problem now? And it's like, really, it's always been a problem. Right. And now we're starting to see the fruit of it. Right. And at, le- at least that's how I've experienced it in my own life, to which case it has been it has been very helpful. You know, we we recorded an episode, if you missed our, our roundup just uh, a month ago, I talked about a book I read last summer called Try Softer. Mm. And that was a that was a like a pivotal shift in, right. in what it looks like to live in a different way. Where you know the the lady who writes it, she's a a licensed counselor, and basically where the title of the book comes from, her supervisor challenges her like, "In hey, you're you're living and doing your job in a way, you know, on the surface looks like it's flying colors. You're working hard, you know, you're doing a thing, but you're you're caring in a way that's detrimental to you, and there's a way to care." 
that isn't detrimental to you. And right now that's going to feel to you like you're not caring. Mm. And that that's the like radical piece is, wait, you're telling me I need to set boundaries. I need to do this. Or somebody calls that to answer the phone. But like, what if they really need me? And it's like, yeah, it, it feels like you're not caring right. for them because you're used to operating in a way that's unhealthy. But it actually is helpful for them and helpful for you to establish healthy boundaries in various ways. And so it's that's the kind of thing, just, you know, kind of adding to what you're describing. No, you're is, saying it way better than I said it. Oh, I don't I mean, I think I think you laid it up pretty good. It was just an alley-oop. You but, know but like, along with that, right, what you're saying, and Liz, I was going to ask you this, but it's like, Jesus is such a good example, is such a good antidote to the type of thinking you just talked yes. about. And Liz, I, you can say more on this totally, but it's like, hey, Jesus is the most perfect and fully human person to ever live, right? Mm-hmm. He was truly the only one who could meet all these needs. And he took breaks. <laughs> there are people surrounding him, a crowd who's demanding his healing. And do you know what he does? He leaves them to go be with the Father. And so if he left, when all that need was around him to go somewhere, how much more should you, like to your saying, it's like, yes. but people need me. But my kids, what what if they, but my friends, they're really hurting right now. But if I don't do this job, somebody's going to, right, Liz? I mean, am, am I off on that? Or? No, I just, Jesus is humorous to me for a couple <laughs> of different reasons. And one mm. of them is this, like they're all, like the scene you described, all these people, and he's like, nah, I got to get alone. Yeah. And that's not how we show up now. No. It's like all I think about social media, a good tool yep. that has a sharp edge to it mm. and how we're constantly showing up for people because people need me to pop into their lives and give them encouragement and show them this and show them this and show them this. But yet that is consuming so much of my life. Mm. And yeah, I think Jesus shows us he doesn't give everything to everyone, that he himself lived within limitations because he accomplished that which he came to do. That's good. He, mm-hmm. he came to do one thing <laughs> and he did that. And, and yeah, so I think Jesus is a great example for that. I hope that's a breath of fresh air to those of us who have anxiety because of our busy spirits and hearts that are trying to prove some sort of worth underneath or are afraid of something, right? Because yeah. I would ask that, because you both talked about this idea of caring and, and and what is driving the things that I am working towards. Because every uh, indicator lights look different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so is it just that? Is it that all of it's rooted in this unhealthy or beyond limits, a caring or an investment in accomplishing things, in finding approval, in doing things for other people, or even for ourselves, that we shouldn't we shouldn't be caring that much. Can y'all flesh that out? Uh, this is again. Um, I'm I'm thinking out loud. Something that I've been considering, even as I've like I say again, wrestled with anxiety, and I, I do think that it's more than that. If I could say that that's a that's a uh, a symptom that maybe there's a broader category that kind of uh, other hooks hang on it. I I almost feel like that category you know, in a broad sense, is something like whenever we try to live within the story of the world as things truly are, but with expectations that are that are outside of it, right? So it's, you know, if I'm, you know, if what I want from the world is to be the center of attention and the reality is there's, man, there's, there's one star player in the story of the world and he he's going to have 
the, the glory, but I want what's for him. And I live in the story in a way expecting to get what only belongs to him. I'm constantly going to be met with a kind of frustration. I think where like the, the caring that we're talking about plays a part is it, you know, there's one person who has a remedy for the world and can make all things right. And he invites us to play a role, but he's the one that's going to do it. And if I try to live life as if I'm the one who can, because that's what's kind of behind the, right? Like, but people need me. And it's the, mm-hmm. like, I'm like, I'm omnipotent enough to solve all the things that are, then it's like, well, then I'm going to be met with a kind of frustration that's going to induce this. Because I'm expecting something of myself that actually like, not only is like God not expecting me of it, but it's like, it's not even in my capacity. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we could do that, whether it's caring, whether it's what we want for ourselves, whether it's a, you know, unhealthy pride or self-centeredness or, I, I, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. We all have, you know, we all have these surface idols that lead to kind of idols underneath that. And I, you know, that might be a w- weird way of thinking about it, but th- to peel back, the anxiety is an onion of depravity. <laughs> Um, Amen. I mean, here's what I mean by that. Anxiety is this thing on the surface. That it, it's deep and it feels, and there's a million reasons for it. I, I'm not I'm not an expert on all that. There's so many things. There's a you know, confluence of factors, genetic and environmental and psychological and all the spiritual. And so, yeah, you know, just dealing with the anthropology of man, I think all of the the spheres that we occupy can press on us in such a yeah. way that anxiety comes out. But as you, like you're saying, as you dig beneath the surface, it's like, it might be like, but I'm needed, right? Well, then why, but why? Why has it got to be you? Okay, now I'm at this next place. Well, I feel like, I feel like that's how I get my worth. Why do you get your worth that way? And then the next level. And yeah. then it can just, you kind of can peel back till you get to this place of pain, Um of pain where you where you think if i don't do this no one will love me mm. if i don't do this who am i you know that's the kind of place and and here's i think it's important to say if you're that kind of work is not helpful in the moment like if you're mm. in the middle of an incredibly yeah. anxious episode what you need to do there is the things that can relieve some symptomology you know, whether that's doing some of these more grounding, gr- grounding yeah. things and w- whatever you need to do there. But you're going to have to do the deep work at some point. Mm-hmm. And that's a kindness from the Lord. And so if you are struggling with anxiety, the thing I start to do when I counsel people with anxiety is sort of welcome them. I'm like, congratulations, God's given you a gift. Um, there are people who can skate through their whole lives who never bat an eye about the the ways they live that are incongruent with the way Jesus asked us to live. Mm. He cared about you so much that he's not going to let you do that. And mm. how he's telling you that is anxiety. Welcome aboard. And it's like, <laughs> life's going to suck, but in the suck, you're going to learn that he's enough, and that's going to bring you a ton of joy. Mm. And so, yeah, I guess, I, I, I don't know. I kind of went on a tangent there. But just to say, I, I do think as you peel back the layers, you need a wise guide. You know, you need trusted friends. You need a you need a a, a biblical Christian community, counselor. What you know, all those pieces to help you on this journey of life. So, yeah, yeah, that's really helpful. Yeah, it's really good because anxiety is something that people talk about frequently, and sometimes it can seem really simple. The response people give, and so to honor the complexity, to honor the journey, 
to honor that the solution isn't something super easy overnight. Right, right. But it is something that we journey with, with the Lord, and we have hope that there is goodness with him, mm. that there is hope for change and freedom and lifted spirits, that the things that weigh us down don't always have to. And so the new year is a new opportunity to start things in a different way Amen. Uh, and to have hope that the Lord can do something different in 2024 than what he did or what happened in 2023. So reflection, counseling, community, and deep prayer with the Lord are all good things. Amen. Yeah. So as we kind of move to wrap up the episode, when it comes to just new habits and new things for 2023, what are some things y'all are thinking about? I think on a on a serious note, something that I, I mean, it's not really, I don't think it's like a New Year's resolution, but it's just a practice that I try to do. And it's not really like a thus saith the Lord thing. But I always try to look back and think about like if there is like a theme or something that I felt like the Lord was trying to teach me in the previous year. So a lot of times that, you know, I look at situ like significant markers throughout the year of like, okay, this was a big situation. This was a big, like what was pressing there? Like what was, you know, anxiety inducing or what was some, some wins or lessons I felt like I kept learning. And typically most years by the time the new year comes around, like there's like something like glaring that rises to the, to the forefront. And then I just try to, with that bit of kind of like revelation, so to speak, I just try to say, okay, how can I be intentional this year to like better equip myself and walk in obedience so God didn't have to teach me that that's uh that's it. And then, you know, on the funner note, I do try to give myself a challenge. My one for this year is to sketch once a day every day. Oh. I growing up, I used to love to draw. And then I stopped doing it because, you know, who has time to draw? But a sketch could only take a few minutes. And so just want to get a little book and just be able to look okay. back and see my progress by the end of the year. So okay. here's some landscapes, people, all of the above. Yep. I'll sit for you. Oh, perfect. What a muse. <laughs> Liz can't handle that one. <laughs> That's insanity. What if what if I actually change it to just drawing a picture of you <laughs> every day and just see how no, just a well the portrait book. gets? Nope. Just a flip book. Not gonna By the end, it might be a Picasso. Who knows? Yeah, that could be. The market just pops in your office every day. And it's just like, <laughs> I got it. This probably sounds weird, but I've been reflective about turning 40. I turned 40 in 23, and so this year I'll turn 41. But health is just like not automatic, you know? And I think as you, it maybe maybe not everybody feels this way, but as I entered my 40s, I didn't feel that way anymore. And health is less like a vanity project. And it's more about thinking into your future, like how to, how to, um, I, I want to be, be able to still like play hard with my kids and do those kind of things, you know? And, and lead a congregation and all that. It starts to become more important. So I, I'm not an unhealthy person or anything like that, but I'm just thinking about ways to sort of invest in my future through mm. choosing wisely now. So I'm interested in learning about that, honestly. I think I don't know what I'm doing because I, I'm not just talking about like working out or diet. I'm talking about like, how do you diet in a way that's going to change your 50s? That's kind of how mm. I'm trying to think mm -hmm. through it. And so I don't know. I think there's a lot of interesting research out there. And so I want to spend some time learning and then putting some of that into action. And then this year, I'd love to 
set a challenge around how many books I read, but I haven't mm. decided how many yet because it all seems very out of reach. So, <laughs> Well, Culture Matters is going to set a tone uh, for, for you. For sure. So. It always does. It helps <laughs> me reach the goal. So We're here for you. Yeah. I'd probably say one, I'll start with my kind of like fun challenge, is to read more, but outside of like the categories I always read. Right, right. So I always read nonfiction. I always read stuff about Jesus. Right. You know, but can I get outside that box to read more fiction, to read more things that I may not agree with this, but it helps me uh, think sharper mm-hmm. and think better. Yeah. Uh, or just sometimes I try to read what is popular in the culture so that I know what people yeah. are reading and listening to. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because while I might not do certain things, it's everybody, shaping other people. It's shaping other people. For sure. Right. So it's always fun. And those are always the best illustrations to give when I, I'm out there teaching because people are like, oh, yeah, I'll watch that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's helpful. And then I probably would say it's, it's how I can serve and be more intentional with serving the people that are closest to me. Mm-hmm. I think over the past few years, I've been press more and more about I love my independence and I love my freedom and maybe I love it a little too much mm-hmm. and maybe I don't show up for the people who are closest to me as much as I should mm-hmm. in ways that it's more natural to them because it's just you know they're wired with the spouse and kids and all that kind of stuff so trying to challenge to be a better human <laughs> <That's good. laughs> in 2024 mm-hmm. so this year is going to be full of a lot of good things it's going to be full of a lot of things that are going to make some great conversations on this podcast. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I hope is that you listening are really hopeful about what God can do in 2024. That each year is an opportunity for us to know and love Him more and so that you would eagerly anticipate the change He's going to bring to your life, the blessing He's going to bring to your life, and the opportunity for you to see Him do things that you thought were impossible to reaffirm to us that He, in fact, is God. This episode is produced by Chelsea Conway with editing and support from The Good Podcast Company. As always, check the show notes for resources and ways to connect with us. Thanks y'all for listening.